RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. We are live for a Tuesday night edition. Excited to be back. Looking forward to finding out what's on your radar. As always, hopefully uh, we'll get more people notified through YouTube. But in the meantime, for those that are plugged in, definitely let me know where you're watching from. Any first time visitors or guests to the community, let me know where you're watching from via the chat. And then also on the phone lines, open up. 313-462-0027 is the number to call and let your voice be heard. And so, um, yeah, so as always, I like to prepare a couple of topics to touch on, you know, throughout the day. And of course, you guys share stuff on Discord as well as in uh, the Telegram. And I like to comb the web throughout the day just to grab the most interesting stories. And so within the last couple of hours, something that caught my attention happens to be in relation to the uh, pre-scheduled a cyber uh, drill that's uh, scheduled to take place at the beginning of this week uh, over the European Union area. And so far, as I've said before, all these drills or exercises are, are leading up to some type of main event. And so I got some thoughts I want to share with you and, of course, get your thoughts. But uh, lots of things are developing. Jerome Powell came out today. So I guess, you know, kind of put a little bit of excitement in the markets because uh, it looks like they're calling this bluff. Because he's obviously talking about dialing back at the same time. The market's dependent upon more support. So something is definitely going to occur between now and the time they attempt to pull off uh, this uh, with the, with the, with removal of the accommodative policy. So anyway, hope everyone is well. I want to jump right in. Uh, let me know if everything sounds good on my side. Uh, and we can jump right in. So right, we, got, we got Jay checking in. We got Major Ken. We got JoJo. Uh, we got Jim Diggs, LBP. We got Patrick checking in from Ohio. Uh, we got Don, Jason. We got the only, the one they call Louie checking in, Worldwide Emergency, AJ Stackerdom, uh, Groveland Gal from uh, Florida. We got Spark of Interest, 81 from Chicago. Appreciate you. Uh, Lala checking in. Patrick, James, a fair amount of people here, man. Appreciate you guys for blessing with your presence, as always, uh, in support of the channel. If you don't mind, hit the thumbs up button. Hopefully that'll help the algorithms kick in. But it's amazing when you have over 30,000 people, but yet only a couple hundred get notified. Just let you know that either I'm doing a good job or they're trying to suppress the truth. But it is what it is. Um, all right. So I want to jump right into it because I think and so I'll just, you know, of course, all this is just, you know, as I like to say, <laughs> tinfoil hat, even though I wore this in a while. This is all tinfoil hat, far left field. You know, I pray to God I'm wrong, but I'd rather throw out some ideas that's in that ballpark and they completely they be completely oblivious thinking that everything is all fine and hunky dory and the federal reserve is here to make the full recovery complete all that good stuff. And so, uh, I entitled this today. Uh, what is this? I forgot what I actually titled it, but, uh, the last pre-scheduled cyber attack drill before the main event. So that was a lot of words in one, but I want to share with you why I think that might be the case. Cause it, it goes with that favorite saying or the, just a, favorite cliche you know three strikes you're out and i believe that this current uh you know this this is a large scale event that's being ran this upcoming week this is the third strike and the next one might be the main event but just to show you how much cyber has been a primary issue uh, for a lot of corporations and of course that's one of the downsides or the cons of living in a technologically advanced age where Everything goes through the Internet, utilizing some type of hardware and software. It's only it's just inevitable that there be some type of malware, ransomware, you name it. But just to give an idea as to how how serious things are, 
I just typed in cyber attacks after the fact just to see what was trending. And within the last couple of minutes, you know, New Mexico jail forced into lockdown after a cyber attack and in, in, incapacitates cameras and doors. It says uh, businesses suffered 50 percent more cyber attacks per week in 2021. And it goes on and on. Maryland health, health workers, lawmakers want answers as to problems that persist a month after a cyber attack. Thousands of school websites went down in a cyber attack. So cyber attack has been something that uh, has been really utilized in, in preparation for uh, the response, of course, that they're going to throw out. But real quickly, I want to lead to just give you the you know lead article for tonight. And this is you know basically something fresh within the last couple of hours. But it says EU to stage large scale cyber attack exercise on the supply chain. And so as I look back and glance over all the prior large scale exercises, they all had some common focuses. And so it looks like this one is on the supply chain. And just to give you an idea as to some of the details, I highlighted something and then I'll go through this real quickly so I can get to get the phone lines open. But it says European governments will launch later this week a large scale simulation cyber attacks against multiple member states says participants will be confronted with attacks on the supply chains and some spillover socioeconomic effects in other member states. So there's 28 nations within the EU. I would assume all of them will be participating at some in some capacity, but yet the supply chains is their primary focus is what we're being told. And some of the spillover from socioeconomic effects. What is socioeconomic effects? That lets me the response that people will have about the economic ramifications of their perhaps financial situations being cut off. The 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 whole passport stuff that they're all dealing with over there, you know, limiting them, limit, limiting them to even more of what they can't do to name a few. But one thing that gives me a somewhat of a time frame, it's my personal opinion that this event here which focuses on supply chain is something that's coordinated in the EU. And of course, the information will be shared throughout all the other nations that are also participating in their own uh, cyber attack drills. But what gives me a more of a, you know, the clock is ticking, you know, prepare or brace for impact as best you can, whatever that means to you. It says the aim of the six week exercise is to stress text Europe's resilience and strengthen preparedness and cooperation amongst member states and improve the effectiveness of joint response. So ultimately, they're preparing for some type of catastrophic meltdown that we know it's coming because they're preparing for this. And it's designed to basically strengthen them against the people. And the thing that stuck out the most is that it says six week exercise. So that puts us in the beginning of March. And also what is happening in the begin or around the t- March time frame to go along with that type of an event. Can we say anything about uh, the Federal Reserve supposedly having their first interest rate, allegedly having their first interest rate hike or, you know, uh, something like that? You know, what I'm saying like something to do with the Federal Reserve is also taking place in March. That 90 day window that I've been talking about six weeks puts us in that time frame. So something to be. Uh, just, you know, cautious of and aware of for whatever is worth to you. And then just to show you how this exercise here to me makes the third one. And of course, as I said, three strikes, you're out. Let's just go back to the very first one. And so the very first one is Cyber Polygon. So Cyber Polygon has been a, a yearly, I think it's been going on for three years or so, held by the World Economic Forum. And it was more so geared towards the corporate world. 
So we have the supply chain situation. The EU is trying to iron out the kinks for that. Here we have the private corporate sectors coming together uh, in preparation for a global systemic event. That, of course, the video to this said that, you know, it's going to be something greater than the, any response that could the, any any type of ramifications that happened with COVID. It, it will pale in comparison to the video here that I was just watching a moment ago talks about how, you know, it, it's going to, you know, the, the ransomware, malware, whatever they're going to, you know, inject into the system is going to spread so fast that it's going to just cause a lot of chaos. But highlighted one thing here. What is a cyber polygon? Says Cyber Polygon is a unique cybersecurity event that combines the world's largest technical exercise for corporate teams and online conference features, uh, senior officials from international organizations and leading corporations. So ultimately, all the globally systemic important banks participate in this, as well as all the big tech companies participated in this event. So the first for the, for the one coming up, EU nations, the very first one, tech companies and, and too big to fail banks. And then let's not forget uh, what happened in this last event a couple of weeks ago. Israel trailblazes 10 country cyber attack war game to boost cooperation against hacker threat. And this was geared towards the banking sector, the financial sector, and it include just 10 nations. So you factor the EU, all the private sector from the World Economic Forum and what's happening with Israel and IMF, BIS, World, World Health Organization, all that stuff like that in this one. Those are three of the largest exercises that has taken place within the last uh, nine or so months, less than that. And so according to the way this six weeks of drills that they're going to be going through, it ends in the beginning of March, which I could just say happens to be around the same time frame as the um, uh, Federal Reserve and alleged interest rate hike or them completely removing all their uh, 120 billion in quantitative easing so we'll see but anyway on to another note real quickly uh and as a result of all this uh the drying up of the spigots the cutting off of the intentional spigots of monetary easing as well as the removal of all the support bases whether it be uh the unemployment the the boost and stimulus and all that stuff being gone here we have issues there's people signing petitions there's three million signatures to date Petitioning for a 2000 monthly stimulus checks and the person is a restauranteur says Americans need some certainty. And so they're basically begging and pleading the government for certainty in a deliberately intentional, uncertain type of uh, environment. But that's just what's happening. So just more information here. But yet people are demanding and want more easy. And then you factor in uh, the Treasury warns taxpayers to brace for a turbulent tax filing season. And so this upcoming February, so as of January 24th, starts tax time. But then again, they're short staff. Of course, this whole variant situation is putting fear in there. You know, people are not showing up to work and sick, all that stuff. So it basically puts uh, uh, the, the government in a very tight pinch to be able to handle and process transactions. And when you read through this article a little bit, it talks about how I think there was, it said, 35 million uh, there are 35 million or so transactions or uh, or so behind to where they have not been able to get to it over the last year or so. So they're still clogged up from last year or two. So this is going to be rough for those that are anticipating get some type of refund on top of all the complications that they've incorporated with the tax credit stuff and, you know, how to file all that stuff, whatever. So just something worth talking about. Next one here. World Bank demands. So this is the World Bank <laughs> demands faster 
G20 debt relief as poor nations are squeezed. They're squeezed at the same time the Fed is looking to remove accommodative policy and increase the borrowing rates that they are all subject to. Huh. Not going not going to spare out well. And then, of course, Jerome Powell got up in front of, you know, Congress for a second, you know, nomination or whatever. Talked a lot of hot air until he got into the whole CBDC talk. So the Fed chair and U.S. Senator agree on core principles and limits for a potential digital dollar. So I had a chance to listen to the whole spiel. And according to the way the, you know, uh, Senator Tomey laid it out, he's, you know, for it. He's as long as the Federal Reserve doesn't overstep their boundaries in removing uh, commercial deposits from the retail sector, from the commercial bank sector. So basically they want stable coins to also run alongside uh, the CBDC and it, it kind of left it at neutral, but they're continually sowing seeds because we know it's inevitable, but yeah, it's just more the framework for the response to the issues that they are creating right now. Because after the cyber attack event, the groundwork will be laid for the introduction or the restructuring of the current uh, monetary systems completely, you know, incorporating the central bank digital currency from the commercial bank digital dollar. Okay. Another one here. I thought I couldn't help myself on this one. It says U S finalizing plans to ship free, free test via USPS and shares first contracts. And so I, I would just out of curiosity, they're utilizing the United States Postal Service to ship test and they're they, they're per, you know, they're you know, finalizing plans to ship 500 million, 500 million free tests. And granted, last time I checked, we only had 330 or so million people. So that's an additional 170 million that uh, it's going to be wasted. But that's what government does. They're not uh, they're not very uh, they're not good stewards with the uh, funds they've been tr- entrusted with. But what caught my attention is that when you look up the companies, so the very first company here, they got a contract is a company called Goldberg Security. You Google Goldberg Security, you find out more information. So they were granted fifty one point six million dollars as under contract to deliver these uh, these tests. When you Google them, you, you go deep into history. It's a small rinky dinky company that does annual revenue. They have annual sales of one point two nine million. And according to the data that's online there, they only have 30 employees with about 35 you know, subsidiaries under them of, of some kind. But they have 30 employees and they generate one million dollars a year and they're getting the first contract for 51 million. So if that doesn't tell you that they're lining the pockets of some politician, somebody, somebody lobbied to these people and got and put something in their pocket to 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 give this contract to one of the family members of one of the senators <laughs> you better believe that or one of the pharmaceutical agencies you know companies because they got 30 employees according to what's online and that's just the first contract then you go to the second one uh it is uh what is it uh let me see real quick and I'll stop rambling uh what's the next one it's uh uh Revival Health Incorporated in Mad Manhattan Beach California so this company here Another small one. It's a tech company. They build medical equipment. So I'm trying to figure out how exactly are they in the swab business? And that leads to my suspicion of what these tests really are. It's my personal opinion that since they came up short, and it's just me, you know, I'm going to be honest with you up front with you right now. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and put this tinfoil hat on. People know when I put this on, I say some crazy things. Bear with me. But my suspicion is that because the whole that process didn't go according to plan. As far as enough people participating in this, you know, the actual experiment experiment of you know injecting themselves directly. It's my suspicion that these tests that will be hitting people's doorsteps labeled as free coming from these companies that God knows where or what they are. And even in the bottom of this article here, they talk about how be on the lookout for fake scams. And so it says it, it basically said if it's not approved by the government, you know, in recent days, you know, uh, fake and unauthorized tests have been sold online. Like always, they want to corner the market because those particular tests that they're putting out there, I believe, are uh, they probably contain some things that will further assist the orchestrators of this whole experience in accomplishing their goal of putting things inside of people's body. So it's just not more so to test and see if you are ill or have symptoms or recovered. I believe, and this is just me, it will it will deposit something into you. That's just me. I hope I'm wrong. But so far, all the conspiracy theories that have been thrown out there have somehow some way worked themselves into reality. So I, I don't think I'm too far fetched. But anyway, that's just my two cents. And then another one here. Uh, there, you know, what, what better way to change the narrative other than change the wording? So this is out of Australia about the U.S. It says United States to start United States to start saying up to date instead of are you fully participating? So instead of going around basically labor labeling, categorizing people as you know fully participated, they're going to say, are you up to date yet? And that up to date there basically oh, it, it, it further extends the window of time of this continuation of what they're going to try to roll out as far as getting people to get them boosters ongoing. So just something worthwhile there. And then the last one here, uh, I got this from Mr. Steve here. It says, you know, this is Dr. Malone's response to the Veritas drop and so forth. But anyway, enough of me ran enough of me ran. Let's open up the phone lines. I said enough for those who are just getting in late. I basically laid out the case to where I think the European unions approximate 28 member uh, exercise drill dealing with supply chains will be the last drill heading into March before the main event. And the main event, I can, t- I want to share my thoughts on that because the main event will come in, in, in waves. And so I think the first wave of the deliberate attack on the different economies will be the financial sector, the banks shut down the banks. Cool. That's going to be their way of, you know, basically ramping up the, uh, the 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 restructuring of the monetary system directly with the CBDCs in the U.S. Okay, then it's going to be one on the supply chain is what the EU is working on, and then we're going to have the corporate issues where the corporations, i.e., the tech sectors, Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter, all those companies that basically has hijacked the social order of our country, they're going to have a much bigger role. And how the government functions, mark my words. And that plays into all this push towards the metaverse. Anyway, uh, let's see if we can get some calls here. I want to try to get it on my on my computer here, but let me see if it works. Uh, hello, caller. Are you there? Uh, maybe it's not working. I might have to do it the old way. Give me one second here. Uh, let me see if I can get somebody on here. Give me one second. Hello, caller. 
I can, and hopefully, because it's my first time, I didn't get a chance to test it. Hopefully, the audience can hear you. So continue on, and I will get some feedback from the audience to make sure they can hear you. But if you guys can hear them loud and clear, let me know. Uh, so, so, said again. Go ahead, give, give me your name. What you, where you calling from? Mike in Philadelphia. What's going on with you, Mike? Oh, good introduction today. And I uh, just wanted to draw a little bit of uh, light on our friends in the activities uh, with how inconsistent the developments have been with, you know, uh, New York, for example, uh, giving statistics as to what constitutes somebody having gone to the hospital for having had uh, the illness prior to attending or mm-hmm. being uh, diagnosed with the illness upon yeah. attending, uh, dying with it as opposed to of it, right. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you have statistics that uh, dictate whether or not they open or close schools, uh, businesses, mm-hmm. uh, Requirements: one mask, two masks, three masks, etc. Yeah. And what comes along with this uh, inconsistency is a media, which ought to be uh, just a simply objective, simply a uh, a, a medium of, of uh, what is. Mm-hmm. However, with inconsistencies that we're seeing, and the media simply just being an outlet of that, we're not seeing that with the media instead the media is uh not halting like the inconsistent information it ought to simply be relaying mm-hmm. instead the media is pushing a narrative yeah and looking towards a goal so really what the media is doing is acting in corroboration or complicitly with some ulterior um uh, agency right and so we have to see where our media is acting inconsistent with information and rather as a driving force. So we want to maybe consider how the media, which should simply be objectively providing the information that yeah. actually is, is pushing for something else. Right. And the, what that product is, is disrupting us as a nation. It's disrupting our economy. It's mm-hmm. disrupting our it's disrupting our biology right and we want to see our media which should be a product of this nation uh why that is turning uh against us and and hurting us right and, i can i can tell i can tell you exactly why that is because the all the all you know there's no such thing as real journalism anymore and so journalism was bought out by the takeover of the corporate uh, by of the corporations basically buying all of the mainstream news sources from the TV to the mainstream publications and being the primary funders of all universities where all the economists, doctors, and all them people come from. So when you you never bite the hand that feeds you, and that's why all the billionaires purchase all the news. Like I think the Bezos owns or Bezos wife owns Washington post and everybody owns something and they're told exactly what to say in unison and they're all it's a conspiracy against humanity in a sense exactly so that's why that's why it comes in handy to be plugged into your favorite alternative media sources because i think one thing we've all learned is that there's no such thing as conspiracy theories because they've all become relatively you know fact at this point so but hey man i appreciate your calling and sharing your thoughts so thank you for calling in
Thank you, sir. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, so let me know sound-wise. I'm trying to work with some things, so I should be able to have it play directly on the screen so I don't have to hold up a speaker, but let me know what's going on. I'll do the best I can just because I, you know, I get tired of holding the cell phone all the time. But anyway, phone lines are open. Let's talk. Uh, feel free to give me a call. And as also, for those plugged in, hit the thumbs up button. Show your support for the channel. Want to hopefully, you know, let those algorithms kick in. But anyway, th- share some thoughts on the chat. And we'll talk more. Uh, so Jay says the media is just a puppet uh, a show caller. The real thing is to ponder who, who's pulling the strings. No doubt. Just from the coordinated response by all governments around the world towards these events that have unfolded, let's just know that there's an underlying script that all governments have decided to participate in. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Aaron from Memphis, Tennessee. How you doing, my friend? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, my mind, I've seen that little book that uh, John F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy Jr. wrote. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, have, I haven't read it yet, but I did uh, I did see the title, and it's an Amazon bestseller already, so. Oh, yes, it is. I just want to tell everybody the world that book that's being out, they need to get it while it's hot. I don't know how they, I don't know, I really don't know how they put it out. Yeah. And, uh, Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, good point. So I, I'll definitely, uh, you know, because it, it's one of those things where he exposes all, and of course, it's not been covered by any mainstream sources, and it's like number one bestseller within a short period of time. So that lets you know that they don't want people to know about what's in that book. So it just, you know, forces people to have to think for themselves, man. But uh, appreciate you calling, man. All right, man. God bless. Thank you. Same to you. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, so for those that are plugged in, just plugging in, I basically wanted to just, I laid out earlier my case for how I think that this upcoming cyber event uh, this started, start, is taking place at the end of this week, and it's going to go for six weeks in the EU. They're going to have member states joining forces, all in preparation for an attack on supply chains, and them basically coming to agreement on how they deal with the social economic uh, spillover effects amongst the different nations. So you got 28 European countries in the EU that's going to be collaborating in some capacity on how to respond to their citizens when they realize that, you know, all this is all the things that they thought they had in a digital realm, as well as all those promises to pay are, are reneged upon. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? Mike, it's low blood pressure, Corpus Christi. How's it going? LBP doing good, my friend. What's up with you? Good, my good. Hey, look, man, you remember this, uh, this, uh, what do you call it? this attack? And they, they almost destroyed the Capitol, you remember? Uh, yeah. How, how can we forget? They're, they're making sure we don't forget. <laughs> but go ahead. Look, look, look what they're doing on the news recently when, when the anniversary of the, the biggest attack in human history <laughs> on the Capitol. Look, they were pushing this narrative. Like it was like 10 9 you know, mm. and, and, and Capitol Police was escorting those people. They were being tour guides. Right. See what was going on. Right. I mean, so that's that's what we saw. And of course, all the footage and the videos and photos that were not shown about how they basically, basically laid down, opened the gates up and held the doors open for them, telling them where to go, where they could. I mean, they, they were directing traffic into the Capitol. But we know the agenda and we know who's behind it, man. So it's just unfortunate. More people don't know. What's up? 
Mike. That's also they could justify those barriers and walls and the army on the street. Mm-hmm. They they getting ready, Mike. They getting ready. It's coming soon. And so watch this. You as as a response to that. So of course we believe that that whole January six was a staged event. Even going into it, it was just quite obvious that that was during the whole Black Lives Matters Antifa hype. So we knew at some point they will be infiltrated amongst the you know the true people who are just there for support. But then again, as a response of that, the DEA, FIA, all them, you know, all them government agencies, they now formulated an actual script for how they're going to categorize different people in regards to the whole uh, domestic terrorism narrative. So January 6th was a setup for them to come out with the playbook or the guidebook for how they're going to deal with uh, the upcoming social economic events that's going to happen in this country as well, because they have the framework now to label people uh, as domestic terrorists. So. Does that seem coincidental or intentional? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're all going to be living in Biden's well. <laughs> Very true, man. Hey, appreciate you calling, man. All right. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't that just so like timely? You know, not only did they have a event, but then the response was to come up with a, some type of guideline and structure for, let me get this call here. It's kind of loud. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Hello? Yeah, I'm calling in about the um, January 6th event. Yes. yes, sir. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, this is Will from Detroit. Will from Detroit. That was, yeah, that was no Black Lives Matter or Antifa. That was the Proud Boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Donald Trump supporter. Okay. Some of them. Some that- of them got arrested. You know, going for trial for that. Yeah, but watch this. Well, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the people who we are told that was brought up and you know faced charges, they were the ones that were taking selfies, you know, and holding up all types of items like like they like they wanted to be caught. Like, isn't that kind of like you know, if you commit a crime, would you take selfies of yourself like intentionally and post it on your Instagram account? <laughs> Very true. Yeah, so you know they geeked up in the Capitol building. They didn't know they were going to be investigated later on. All the people who was at Donald Trump's rally. Yeah, you seen them all on TV. They marched down to the Capitol, Mm -hmm. and the police who met them in probably with some of Donald Trump's support. Now watch this. So 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 it's so just based upon the, the, the way you're positioning it, you're you're basically saying that, you know, Donald Trump supporters Fair enough. Fair. Okay, so that, that's fine. I Okay, so watch this. What's what's the what's what's the probability? What's the likelihood and probability that amongst the Donald Trump supporters as well as you know the, the the undercover agents, as well as the additional forces at work that were strategically supposed to be there to really get you know really really stir things up. You know, can we can we say that you know there's probably some apolitical people there as well, not necessarily Trump supporters, could be a couple other people as well. Black Lives Matter, no. Barack Obama, what you what you think the uh, 
the uh, the right wing party was saying. <laughs> anyway, go. So, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. You know, they had the flag, Confederate flag. You don't see a bunch of uh, Black Lives Matter people walk with no Confederate <laughs> flag. They, they tried to uh, take our government. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so here's the thing. That's a dangerous thing. That's why I'm scared for him to run again. Right. Because we're going to have the same thing again. And that's why the police was there for weeks after. Just in case they tried again. Yeah, but know, think about this, though. Joe Biden is the president. He's in the White House. Let's face it. I ain't a real big Joe Biden fan. Uh-huh. He's the president. He's in the White House. You know, we already know corporate around America. Yeah. But he is the legal president. He's in the White House. He's not sitting no in some cottage somewhere else. I mean, but no, but so just like to, to his to, to his credit, you know, a lot of his speeches have been done on a stage across the street from the White House for some reason. So I'm not sure like all his booster shots come came on stage at some type of theater, amphitheater, amphitheater type of place. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, you know, if you're in the White House, why you got to be on our stage so much? So I, I, I'll let him I'll let him be president, though. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thanks for calling and sharing your thoughts, my man. Okay, be good. Yeah, good stuff, man. I, uh, yeah, man. Interesting call there. Um, keep it moving. Uh, let me see here. Stackers NZ says, uh, "How did you see? Did you see my channel? I, I didn't have a chance to look at it though, but definitely, you know, based upon your participation here, if people have interest, they'll definitely come check you out." Hello, caller. Which name are we calling from? Mike, miles, miles from NY. Miles, miles from NY. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good, Mike. I'm going to go through what they call that thought experiment. Okay, give it to me. I don't think that when things change, it's going to be the far left that mm-hmm. actually imposes the trouble on us. I think it's going to be the conservative. I think that right now, the narrative is changing. They're letting Biden take a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris and all these other people in Fauci. And they're giving us wins because they're playing the game with us, like the game of Tone. They yeah. want us to you know, feel as though we've been offended and hurt more. Because if you think about it, the people that are really more standoffish and ready to go out and hit the streets physically are more on, on the conservative side, more the patriots, you know, more of those people that's willing to push okay. and lay themselves down. So who better to bring the war than those people? Right now, they're yeah. offending us and making us feel like, you know, uh, uh, to the extreme. They're taking, stripping everything away from us. Mm-hmm. And in anticipation that the way we respond is mm-hmm. going to be extreme in itself because what was done to us is very extreme. Losing our jobs, you know, going after the kids, all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think the next person that's voted in mm-hmm. is going to be that tyrant. If you ever notice, before those tyrants come, 
that population has something done to them mm-hmm. and they just lose all faith in the government and the last type of regime or whoever it was, mm-hmm. I think the next person that comes in when that voting time, they're going to let it all collapse before that, blame it on the last people. Mm-hmm. And then when a new guy comes in, he's going to say, oh, we're going to change this. And, you know, those liberals, we're going to drive them out and mm-hmm. it's just going to be a total extinguishing of them. And then mm-hmm. that's going to usher in that communism and all that that those guys want. They're, they're, you got to think, man, these guys got, they, a symphony. They're not playing like just one side. They're doing a symphony, right. you know, where it's all the sides. They're moving the constellations. These guys sit and think about this stuff all day. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to attack you from one side. They're going to attack you from both, you know? Right. They're flanking them. So right. they're making us think right now, I believe that, okay, you know, we're fighting against the, uh, the liberals and they're splitting us and dividing us. But in the end, they're using us as that tool to enact uh, 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 totalitarianism. Yeah. But they, they're using <laughs> us as a tool, but yeah. we don't actually see it. And that's right. the massive part of their plan, I believe. Right. But hey, let me know what you think. Man. I, I, pre- hey, I, so, no, I appreciate you, man. I'll, I'll respond to your comments off air. But thanks for calling, my friend. Um, yeah, good thoughts. Great thought there. And so as far as his, um, assessment on how, or, or which, which, which part of the, of, of the population will have the greatest response. And he said, I think he said conservatives. And so I, I don't necessarily, you know, agree with that one, just because I think more of the conservative, more libertarian, you know, anarcho-capitalists, like, you know, don't, 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 don't infringe on my life or my rights or things like that. The, the people who, don't mind, you know, uh, mentioning that, uh, you know, free speech and bearing arms is something that uh, they will stick to. I don't think those people are outright looking to respond. It's more so like they have that red line. And if you don't cross that red line, we're fine because those are more like more. Those are more of the prepper community that are trying to be sustainable, self-sustainable without the government. I think the greatest response and the most uh, the, the the portion of the population that will have the most uh, the the most will be the most angriest and have the most dangerous responses will be the people who have dependent have become solely dependent upon the government for their entire necessity, i.e. the the quote unquote you know the the government dependent those that are on the food stamps government programs housing programs the people who have basically made their career out of government support those are the people who stand to lose the most because they don't know what's going on. And the moment the EBT EBT car stops swiping and everything else starts stops coming their way, they get hitting us. They hitting the streets right away. Uh, and then the people, the preppers, the more conservative, the people who are awake and aware, they're going to be the ones defending themselves from being attacked. I think so. Um, but I could be wrong. But it's one of the things where I, I personally, I'm not aggressive in nature. I'm observant as to what's going on. I realize there is a line that I, that you can't cross, or I will be forced to defend myself. But I'm not going out there attacking nobody like, you know, left, right. I don't play the left, right. Like, I know they both they are puppets, Biden and Trump puppets. And as I've said before, my personal opinion is that they're going to cause so much chaos in our country that the likelihood of us actually having a presidential election is not. I don't think we're going to have a presidential election put like that. That's just my personal opinion. Let's get this last call. Hello, Carlos. Where are we calling from? This is Ed in Ohio. How you doing, Mike? Ed, I'm doing good, my friend. We'll see you tonight. One of the best shows ever, man. You are on fire. You are nailing it. Appreciate you, man. What's going on with you? 
here's what I'm, I'm worried about them, Mike, is how are they going to control this? You know, they got so many ways they can hit us with, you know, food shortage, with mm-hmm. cyber attacks, with the banks closing. You know, they can have us on our knees given, you know, five or ten different variables they can use on us. Are they going to have to use the military to control it, or are they just going to let it run crazy? I mean, we'll be, we'll be Mad Max, don't you think? I, I do think it will get to that. And of course, like I always said, their their intention is to make this a long drawn out event. So in time, people will get weary. People will more than likely run out of supplies. Like, I don't think there's no such thing as prepping for two, three, four, five years, because I don't think people are able to really, you know, have that much sustenance stored up. Some people do. Most people don't. And then also you factor in it. Once they do put boots on the ground, God forbid they do at some point. As I've always said, the people who are the biggest target are the people who have hunkered down in one spot and made that place their final stand. The person who has everything, they got the bunker with all the food and that's the, that's going to be the primary target where people can go right away. So um, it, it's it's definitely a tricky situation, man, because there's no right or wrong. You know, we haven't lived through what we're possibly going to experience in any capacity because it's happening all around the planet at once. So. The devil is definitely busy, but believers will prevail. Yeah, you know, I think you're right on the you know the very end end thing. It'll be the guys who's hungry down, but that's such a small percentage. I'm worried about in the meantime when the food runs out and things get fired up. You know, I think it could turn Mad Max pretty quick unless they have some for some way of enforcing the laws and you know holding the people who are just plain out hungry and broke and destitute down. Right. And that's the thing. Like, it's the people who will become desperate and they'll they'll that's why I think it'll be a lot easier for the government to roll out whatever they want, because people will be downright desperate at some point to where they'll take anything and any suggestion given and they'll definitely run with it. So uh, but then also real quick, I want to share on screen something that is out of Australia and it says uh, unprepared. It says COVID pandemic to last five to 10 years, the experts warn. And so they've already pre-planned that this whole transition would take up to a decade. So we're just on year two. <laughs> so like I said before, this is a well thought out semi plan that they're trying to orchestrate. Now, hopefully, you know, they're losing. Hopefully the resistance will stand up and push back along the way. But Think about this. They 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 scripted they scripted this out decades ago, and so it's all about the dying currencies and their need to transition, you know, the world closer towards that one world currency and that one world government that we know comes about in the end times. So, yeah. You know, I, I think though, Mike. I think the, the CDC kind of uh, threw in the towel yesterday. Did you hear what that lady said about all the pre-existing conditions? And right. All that? I mean, I know a lot of people aren't listening, aren't getting that news, but that's what they're themselves are putting out. I thought they threw in the town. Right. So I, I did see the CDC basically coming out saying that, you know, it's the, the people who who succumb to it have up to four core morbidities or whatever. And then also yeah. today, the piece, they said that the PCR tests are null and void. And I, I think I saw something about they won't no longer be requiring them or something like that. I saw. So it's just too many events where they appear to be given up. But I, I believe that, you know, that also could be a part of their, you know, a part of a script as well. So I, I would hope to say they are losing, but I, yeah, you know, I, I just keep it at that. <laughs> you know, I, I listen to you on everything, but I think that the, the whole COVID thing 
is dead. I think it was a distraction. Yeah. It did its job, destroyed the economy. Now they're going to roll out bigger things. When they take our money and our food, we're not mm. going to care who's got COVID or who's breathing on who. Right. Good point, man. And I think, of course, as I start off talking about, you know, their plans for a cyber event, like, you know, this is the third one, three strikes you out. You know, after March, I wouldn't be surprised if if they there if they are losing control, it'll be that much more in their favor to pull that plug and really cause some chaos because that could be that next catalyst towards furthering government control. You know, without the whole health narrative, they can just say people can't eat now; they need new currency, and they directly deposit it to them. CBDC time. So, um, but who knows, man? I just I think it's interesting to see how they have given us all this information to, to chew with, chew on. While all along, hopefully people are learning from this stuff and doing the best they can to, you know, make the adjustments they need to make in their own personal lives, private lives, as well as their financial lives. So that's what it's all about, man. Hopefully forewarning a couple people before things unfold completely. So hey, what's hey, going to be our big communication lines when they cut the... Uh they pull the plug is there anything on the internet we're going to be able to connect and uh, talk to each other so as of now it all depends on how far and how widespread it is across the internet i don't think i don't think it's going to be the entire internet because they need to roll out their cbdc's and the only way people can download it on their phones is if they have internet but i think it will be strategic at first it'll be the you know banks the two big to fill banks might you know one by one go down commercial credit unions might go down they're going to attack the financial sector first so you know you look on your screen check your bank account you'll get zeros or error that's going to be their way of having you download the CBDC Federal Federal Reserve app or Treasury app or whatever. So I don't think the Internet is going down, just the banking sector. But worst case scenario, like, you know, if they literally stand to lose control of everything because the, the good guys are winning, then the Internet might go off because they don't want nobody to communicate. So but in case we are disconnected, that's why I say Discord, Telegram, email lists, all the other backup channels. You know, I got social media. If you if you're a part of those, join those. Huh? They will work. Discord will work if they kick you off YouTube. We go on Correct. Discord is there. Telegram is there. And of course, all the every time I get done streaming, I put all these videos on the backup channels. So there's other channels right. I can stream to as well, just that there's nobody there yet. But you just type in rethinking yeah, a dollar, something to pop there. up. But hey, man, okay. I appreciate you as always. Go For sure. Be good, man. Don't forget to pray. Oh, definitely not. But I close out right now with some prayer. Thank you. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Um, yeah, what a good evening. What another good night. Uh, as always, I appreciate everybody for blessing us with your presence. I got to figure out how to, uh, no more phone calls for this evening. I got to figure out how to not cut this off. But um, anyway, let's get ready to close out with some prayers. I always want to make sure I lift up the good Lord, thanking him for another chance to be able to connect. And uh, uh, let's, okay, yeah. Anyway, so for, you know, join us tomorrow. I'm almost stream tomorrow early or midday. So, um, but anyway, let's close out some prayers. Always want to make sure everybody gets a chance to uh, just uh, get in agreement with uh, uh, collaborating on this prayer, man. But Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, gather tonight as a community. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would be with and bless every single person and household that's you know, listening to the sound of my voice right now, Father. I pray that you give them peace as well as you know activate your power within their lives, Father, so they can continue to uh, just fight the good fight of faith as well as uh, you will use them to bring about your will in the earth, Father. We know we all have a part in this greater picture, which is to basically further advance your kingdom on earth to bear fruit that lasts in this life and in eternity. Lord, we pray that you just you know create a revival in each one of our lives, Father, giving us that pep in our steps to be able to share the good news with others and to draw them closer to your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for just the opportunity that you continually uh, meet all of our needs. Father, you've been good to each and every one of us, no doubt, because we're here 
on the internet watching a show, Lord. And I just thank you for your faithfulness to your people. And we just ask you continue to be with those that are experiencing hard times, whether they be in lockdown or in the Middle Eastern nations where, you know, the word of the, just the, the name Christ itself is uh, illegal. We ask you to be with them, strengthen them in their faith, Lord, allow them to just continue to fight the good fight as well. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, people. Uh, that's all she wrote for tonight. As always, appreciate you for hanging out with me. Uh, if you don't mind, on the way out, hit that thumbs up button, show your support. And as always, take this video, share it if you don't mind on your social media platform so more people can find out what's going on, get a different spin on uh, the news, and hopefully have a chance to make uh, some different decisions based upon getting different information. So you, you, once you know better, you tend to do better, hopefully. So hopefully this stuff is of value to you. But anyway, be blessed, be safe. See you guys later. Peace. Visit Rethinking the Dollar throughout the day. Your place for news on metals, gold, crypto, you name it. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll get a chance to see the daily videos, the recommended videos, and more importantly, the five reasons to unplug for the monetary matrix, with the first one being the awakening period. Step number one, test your dollar IQ. 10 simple questions, average is 60%. Follow up with the alternative perspective with the monetary reports. Consider becoming a supporter of the Rethinking the Dollar platform via Patreon. Get a chance to hang out off air as well as additional information that can't be discussed on YouTube. Any support is helpful. With the crackdown on alternative media, the best thing to do is to connect off air. Scroll down to the very bottom. You can find Rethinking the Dollar on Telegram, Audio, Facebook, Twitter, Parler, you name it. The most important ones will be the email list where you can get notified weekly, the Discord page, and make sure you connect on Telegram. And last, don't forget to visit the RTD store where you can get merchandise as well as additional information and resources. And most importantly, scroll down to the bottom and get your weight up with all the limited edition rounds only available on the RTD store.